When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's my pleasure to welcome you to the Clark Howard Show, where our mission is to serve you and empower you so you make better financial decisions in your life. One way you can connect with your fellow listeners is through our newly relaunched community on Clark.com. I hope you'll pay it a visit. Uh, Today, there's news from Airbnb that could affect your summer vacation plans, and There's been a lot of talk lately about student loans, cost of college. There are certain degrees that have slam dunk much bigger immediate paybacks. I'm going to tell you what they are. So all around the country, I read news sources from all over America. And over and over and over again, I see stories about the party houses involving Airbnb. And it's become a huge issue for Airbnb and causing great reputational harm to it as a platform where someone will rent from an Airbnb property owner a property for a night or two, and they pretend it's just for a normal visit. But what it's really about is typically selling tickets to an all-night crazy party. And let me tell you, neighbors aren't so fond of that. And so Airbnb is supposedly launching an anti-party crackdown for the summer, particularly concentrated around every holiday period. And so don't be surprised If you're asked more questions when you're booking an Airbnb about your intentions, trying to size you up and all that, because the hosts don't want to end up being a block property and more and more communities around the country are reacting to the severe problems that have occurred in a small number of Airbnb rentals by attacking not with a scalpel, but with an axe and restricting or outlawing short-term rentals. And so this brings me to something I want you to think about if you are considering being an Airbnb host and you're looking at buying real estate at a time that prices are inflated, the numbers need to work on that property for long-term rentals, as well as your intended business plan of short-term Airbnb or VRBO kind of things. Here's why. You could end up in a situation that's happened in more and more communities around the country where short-term rentals have just flat out been banned. I used to own a condo in a building that 
went to a rule that the minimum rental period from being no rule at all went to seven months simply to eliminate any possibility of Airbnb or VRBO occurring. And it changed the character of the development. It became actually a nicer place to be at because it eliminated the transient nature of it. But if I was someone who had bought a place specifically with the purpose of trying to make money from it as an Airbnb rental, well, (laughs) suddenly I've got a place that's an anchor for me. You know, it's just uh, drawing money out of my pocket and people were not able to make effectively the kind of net income from it on the minimum seven month, you know, the long term, uh, though it's beyond a seasonal rental, people couldn't make the money they needed to make it pay for the property. This thing with banning the short term rentals has been a development by development fight across the Hawaiian Islands as people ended up gravitating towards the beauty of so many of these properties in Hawaii and the unit owners were like, who's that person? Why are they taking all the pool chairs and all that? And so it led to this backlash in the Hawaiian Islands and more and more properties no longer are you allowed to do any short-term rentals. And know that if you're buying a single-family home and thinking you solved the problem that way, well, you have two potential gotchas there. One, if it's in a mandatory homeowners association community, they just by a vote of the board can ban short-term rentals. But let's say you buy a property not in a mandatory homeowner association community and you feel you're safe. Then you have the concern, does the local government institute legislation that effectively bans short-term rentals? Several major cities are in the process around the country of doing it, but it's happened much more already implemented in suburban ring communities of many of the major metro areas in the country. So Airbnb is only feeling this backlash because it has been so successful and it's created an opportunity for a lot of people to be entrepreneurial with real estate beyond just being an investor. But the blowback is real and the math has to work for you both long-term if the rules change and short-term if they don't. Krista? Let's start with some questions. This one's from Adam in Ohio. Should I stop investing in my 401k to invest in rental real estate? I'm currently 33 and planning on beginning to invest in rental properties. I currently put about $1,000 a month in my 401k and it would greatly speed up my process for getting multiple properties and eventually an apartment complex or two with 30 to 50 units each. Adam, I love your ambition. Um, The Goals are a little different. The process is different. Obviously, you start getting to where you're owning dozens of rental properties. You own small apartment complexes, that sort of thing. That becomes a full-time job. The difference with a 401k 
I mean, we're not even talking about apples and oranges. We're talking about apples and ground beef. I mean, like maybe food groups, but completely different ones. So with your 401k, the idea is you put the money in and it's managed for you. You know, whatever, if you go in target retirement fund, that's all you have to do is you fund it. It is a form of a passive activity, a passive investment. On the other hand, getting involved in real estate like you're talking about is something that is a career. I mean, it ends up when you get as large as you're talking about with it, you don't have your normal career anymore. Managing real real estate, rental properties becomes your career. So it's, it's a really hard comparison to make because the value of the 401k particularly if your employer where you work in Ohio offers you a Roth option, is the 401k grows tax-free and all the money in it you spend tax-free. If you go traditional, you're getting an upfront tax benefit, but the growth of that money ultimately will be taxed. Real estate is outside of any kind of retirement shelter, but has its own tax advantages. So this is something that I would say is not an all or nothing. I'd like for you to continue to contribute to your 401k because it's important for you to be diversified. If it means you accumulate rental properties at a slower rate than you would otherwise, I think that's fine because then you've got the diverse types of investing I want you to have. The other thing is right now, it's not the greatest time ever for you to be buying rental properties because we've had so much price inflation on the housing front and that is a rather temporary phenomenon. I know it doesn't feel like that could be possible to anybody but I can tell you having watched the cycles with real estate for the last 50 years I can tell you that what we've had recently with these big run-ups is not sustainable. Doesn't mean we're going to have a collapse but the relative affordability of buying rental properties will improve over time moving forward. This one's from Calvin in North Carolina. I recently added my twin daughters as authorized users for my Discover card. Credit Karma initially showed them with a score of zero because they had no credit history. After they were added as authorized users, the Credit Karma report updated and showed their Equifax store score of 758 each. It was unbelievable. My question is, would it hurt to proceed with adding them as authorized users on a second credit card, such as my credit union credit card right away, or should I wait, say, 30 to 90 days later. There's no reason specifically to wait. I mean, you've shown the value of for teenagers adding them as authorized users because it means that when if they do go to college, they qualify for the college credit card programs right away and then they can establish credit in their own names. If they don't go to college, they still have help from the pre-existing credit score that they would have to get a first credit card in their own name. Not as easy when you don't go the college path, but still much easier because you've added them to the authorized user status. This is a great way for a parent to help a kid establish a credit identity. Just don't give them the plastic. Because <laughs> yeah. I don't know how you handled that 
Well, my daughter's unbelievably responsible, and so we we give it to her, and it's fine. Okay. So yeah, my son, we'll see. Okay. This is uh, from Janet in California. Generally, is it better to use a credit card that gives 2% cash back or receive airline miles on a specific credit card? I'm aware that sometimes one can get 3% for selected purchases such as travel or at Whole Foods, etc. Well, you need to get 3% back at Whole Paycheck because <laughs> you're paying four times the price for the food. But anyway, um, so... It's a shocking experience for me when I go inside Whole Foods. I know. Because I get to find out what groceries are going to cost in about 2050 <laughs> right here in 2022. But the cashback versus airline. So the airline thing really works if you have high volume charging. I mean, high volume charging, especially like a, a small business owner who runs a lot of expenses through a company card. Then it can work fine having a, an airline card. But the other thing is that it really works if you're doing the charge volume and flying that specific airline twice a month or more. Otherwise, with how, in, how the airlines, you talk about inflation, you want to see inflation? Look at the reward charts for redeeming free tickets from the nation's airlines. The rewards used to be pretty standardized. And now they are based on dynamic demand pricing and the miles required can be crazy. I think I shared with, with you a story not too long ago about a guy who'd been accumulating miles for years for this dream trip to England. And he wanted to go front of the plane and all that. And he went to redeem and the mileage required was 600,000 points each ticket. I give you comparison, used to be 100,000 points for that front of the plane ticket, and now 600,000. So the airline thing is a bit of a game, a, a bait and switch, plus you have usually very high fees on those cards. So you got to find out, figure out how it works for you. For example, Krista's husband always checks a bag. I mean, he could be taking something the size of this mouse, and that's all he's taking. <laughs> he would check it, right? Yes, he loves to check a bag. So flying on a full fare airline where you have to pay 30 or $40, one way to check a bag, that easily makes it worth it to have an airline card that would have a $100 annual fee, let's say, just to get the free bags. But in terms of that's just a tactic there. And that would be a card not to accumulate stuff, points, dollars. For the typical person, cash back is king. So coming up, I want to talk about with the high cost of college, what are the degree programs that will absolutely have almost immediate payback and big paychecks? This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. There are certain college majors 
that give you such a leg up on instantly making your college degree work for you. And the issue is, are these things you'd want to do? Are they things you want to study? But if they are, then the question that so many people have now about college, is it even worth it? I mean, why would I go to college? There are certain fields of study that establish you so well for the future, for the present and the future, that it's just really, really a great idea if these are areas of interest for you to go seek the education and get the job. So these are average starting salaries. I'm doing some rounding. This was a list I saw in Forbes. Top of the heap, petroleum engineer. They're in great shortage, and they start average $88,000 a year. And all these jobs I'm going to talk about not only come with a headline salary, they come with really good sets of benefits. Second, being a computer programmer, 86000 Computer science, computer engineering, 86. Computer science, 86. All three of those are things that are very similar related fields and all have virtually identical, just dollars apart on an average, of starting salary. Electrical, electronics, and communications engineering, 81,000. Operations research, I don't actually know what that is. 80 grand. Computer and information science as a general degree, rather than the ones I talked about, just getting a uh, computer and IS degree, 79,000. Statistics, oh man, one of my college roommates was, is one of the smartest people I've ever known. And the course that was the hardest for him to take through undergraduate and graduate school was statistics. That would never be what David does for a life. But 76 grand. Applied mathematics, 73 grand. And being a chemical engineer, 73 grand. You get the idea. S T E M. Science, technology, engineering, mathematics. That's what STEM stands for, yes. Krista? Yep. I mean, these are all STEM degrees. And that is what the economy is begging for and will reward you for having. You've got to be the kind of person who has aptitude for it, interest, and would enjoy working in these fields. I mean, these fields here, if there are things that I would be less qualified for than any of these, I would say being a doctor, <laughs> I'd be less qualified than any of these. I mean, I, I would be someone that if I ever, ever made it through medical school, and ever got the title doctor, it would be that phrase, what do you call the person who was last in their class at <laughs> medical school? Doctor. doctor. Yeah. <laughs> it would not be my area. But the thing is, if you find something that is this perfect marriage 
of something you enjoy doing that society really, really, really badly needs, and you're filling that need, wow, it's quite a future you have in front of you. Krista? Go to some questions. This is from Andrew in Arizona. My daughter wants to- English teacher, English student. English major. English major asking this question, yes. Uh, My daughter wants to live off campus next year, and I know I can pay from my 529 up to whatever the university charges for housing, but what's the best way to pay? Can I have the 529 send the payment directly to the landlord, or do I need to pay out of pocket and then reimburse myself? This show answers a lot of questions about saving in a 529, but I don't often hear the best ways to spend that money. So, um, Andrew, fantastic. You've saved this money. You already know the rules. The best thing is you just keep a good document of the eligible college expenses. You withdraw the money. It's sent to you. It's best to request the money within the same calendar year as when the expense occurs. You don't want to run afoul of any rules or or documentation requirements. So it's really, really easy with these 529 accounts to request money. Have you been doing it with the one you have for your daughter? Yes, we just, we pay the tuition, but I have the 529 in that case, just send the money to to the school. school. Right. Mm -hmm. But with housing, particularly with off-campus housing, the best thing to do is have the money sent to you and then you pay it to the landlord. A lot of landlords won't accept a part rent payment anyway. So uh, regardless where it comes from, they want that full rent payment and some will send it back to you if you send a partial rent payment instead of your full rent payment. You could end up with a bit of a mess even if you set it up to go to the landlord. Have the money come to you. This is from Craig in Texas. Clark, with my home, should I get an interior broker price option in lieu of a full appraisal? It is $175 cheaper, and that's a lot of razors. So... I don't know the situation. I'm assuming this isn't for an appraisal for a refinance. It could be because I had that option. So if if you're um, the key with any lender you're going to where you're looking to do a refi is you have to use who they approve of. And if they approve of this as an option, fine. I prefer that if you're going to shop your loan with multiple lenders you really want to see what the situation is that you're better off with a full traditional appraisal on the other hand if you're putting your house on the market the broker price option is just fine i think that's absolutely good to do and again we don't know exactly what your goal is what the purpose of the appraisal is and based on local custom it may be just fine to do a interior broker price option. It may be that it's better to do a full appraisal. And again, that depends on the circumstance that you need the appraisal for. And I'll just share with our refinance that we did, I did choose the cheaper option because we weren't trying to do anything crazy and we would easily appraise out. And so I wasn't worried that I needed someone to see all the improvements we'd done and do like a full, full appraisal. So sometimes if you know, like this is a slam dunk, you know, the valuation isn't in question, 
it's okay to do the cheaper option. You can always then pay for the more expensive option, but then you've done both. So You know what we haven't talked about in a long, long time is appraising out a PMI. Mm-hmm. So with the big run-up in home values over the last several years, particularly the last two years, people who put down minimal down payments and have to pay that huge private mortgage insurance premium every month, you are almost certainly in a position to appraise out and no longer have to pay that. But you must follow the exact requirements of your lender for appraising out, and they will have a list of approved appraisers. They will let you know if you can do a lower cost option or not, or it has to be a full appraisal. Typically, you have to have made payments on time for the last either 12 months or 24 months. But this is something that is money very well worth spending because home values have risen so much. You almost certainly have the ability to appraise out a PMI. And this is from Karen in Alaska. She says, here's a tip. I bank with Wells Fargo and I was able to get Zelle turned off thanks to your advice by using the chat functionality on the website. It only took five minutes and was way better than sitting on hold. So the Zelle thing, Karen, I'm really glad that you deactivated Zelle on your checking account. So yesterday alone on my Google News feed, there were how many brand new stories about problems people were having with money being stolen out of their account via Zelle? Wow. How many? I can't even. 11. I was going to say 10. All right. 11 in a single day. Um, TV reporters around the country, this has become low-hanging fruit because they can do a Zelle story every single day. Understand this is one of those things that it's only a matter of when, not if, you're going to have money stolen from your bank account because of big bad Zelle. The worst idea banks have come up with in forever owned by the banks. This is a Frankenstein monster that eats up your wallet and destroys the reputation of the nation's banks. They've got to fix the security problems with Zelle. Not now, yesterday. And I appreciate you listening to this episode of our podcast. Remember, we're here for you seven days a week. 24 hours a day, all time zones. We are here to serve you at Clark.com.